What's up, everybody? Bobby here with Sam and the uh, Talking Seaweed Sports Podcast. Talking about sports. In case we haven't been here before. All right. As usual, we are brought to you by Weed Co. USA. And by a new one today, Dab and Aladdin. Dab and Aladdin hooked us up with some stuff. Dab and Aladdin hooked us up with some stuff. Some dab swords. I don't know if you, do you fuck with dabs. Dabs? Do you fuck with dads? Or dabs? <laughs> I like the Aladdin part of that. It sounds interesting. Yeah, dab and Aladdin. They make like these crazy swords. John, do we have those? Yeah, yeah. We have them somewhere. They're uh, oh, they're okay. for they're for like when you chop up the oil and then you go you put it in the thing and it's like you, you've seen the you know the yeah I know what it is yeah yeah nice like, like, that's like a, a sword it's like a katana sword I like it and well I gave the Halo one away yeah there's another one you, you ever play Halo oh yeah so you know the sword of like destiny or whatever it's called yeah so that thing he has one of those we gave it away yesterday on the podcast and then um, I think if if somebody can apologize for calling us scum they get to have this one and then. Uh, <sighs> Why would you? Why do you need to apologize for calling a spade a spade? <laughs> <laughs> and this is a katana sword. Very cool. You do them. What's the company again? Dab and Aladdin. Our new friends, Dab and new Aladdin. New friends. Let's get it done. So, Wake right. up, Bob. You sound a little sleepy today. You were all fired up a minute ago. Very, What's up? I'm very stoned. I'm very stoned, and I'm putting. I put my glasses on. I'm trying to keep my. Uh, you I, do I'm look reading. all business today. I am. I'm very all business. Let's get down to business. So, so the Red Sox. Today's opening day. Fenway Park opening day, and what a what beautiful a joyous, day we had. It was a really nice It was day. like 38 with a 16-degree wind chill for opening day after we've had but, a few days in the 50s. But the sun was shining as strong as it possibly could, mm. and it was a nice day. Everybody tried to – on the way on the way here, I had my windows down because it was like one of those it days. Feels it's like it's like opening it's day. Yeah. Let's put the windows down, but it's still cold, so I put my windows back up. But I didn't put the heat on. The people Springtime. that they hated the weather the most were on the baseball field at Fenway Park today. They're wearing like hoodies under their uniform, snowsuits. One guy had like the full ski cap on. You know, you just you see NFL players wearing like a tank top in the middle of January, and then these guys are bundled up for a forty-eight degree day. So well, yeah, because they've been practicing down in Dominican for the but entire good, winter. Good news: the Sox pulled it out in extra innings today. When I when I was on my way here, I thought they had lost. So that was a surprise, and um, they they got some good magic going the first uh, week of the season. So we've got that to go on. Um, any thoughts on the Sox to start the year? I think the Sox look pretty good, man. I think that what we're getting is, uh, I, I think we're getting what we talked about. We're getting we're getting guys. The, the the hitting seems pretty spread out. I think that we're we're winning games. Pitching looks great. You know Got to give for- you props, your boy David Price, who's been the star pupil of the podcast. Today had his second outing, absolutely dominant. Yep. Good thing they came back because you hate to waste outings like that where he just absolutely mowed today. He's been efficient. They've got him in the game. He's done his work. He's got out safely where he's not risking injury. He's been that's the key. Is he, he's Huge. been a pitching machine and he's thrown primarily fastballs, which is going to help his arm. He was in the last few years. He got too tied up with getting throwing junk. You know. This year, it's fastball cutter, you know, Why 80% of the time. Why will that help his arm? Well, the, I mean, it's not always the case, but more times than not, it's like curveballs and split fingers and things like that where you're rotating your arm that you're going to cause injuries. So with having the tender elbow, keeping the ball straight, or you do a cutter more with your finger than anything else. 
So for him to move his finger, throw a cutter, change his grip, that doesn't affect his arm. If you're digging in a splitter or throwing a really hard change up with curve or a, or a slider or a fastball. So show me, what would I'm, your arm motion be? Because I've never pitched. For so. for like what, a slider? Throwing like a, like, yeah, like a slider. Um, like you t- would twist like this. So you'd twist and it a like change up, you would twist the other way. So Okay, so you're... So when they're so throwing, like pro- on they there, call it like, like pronate and rotate or whatever. And but like when you do things like that, you are more at risk. So it's yeah, just it's, it, we don't. Too. I mean, it's I, not I a medical like, journal here, but it, I mean, it can be. It's smarter. <laughs> it's smarter for them to do what they're doing with him. So anyway, price has been a big and, plus. And they're doing the same thing with sale too. They're getting them out. Well, yeah, and I mean, it was a sale struggled the other night, but that's how good sale is. Sale the other night had ninety three pitches, five innings. That's it. But 93 pitches, which shows you how he struggled. And if it wasn't for our new new friend in right field that night, he wouldn't have let up a run. Yeah. They, they decided to give, you know, um, Betts a night off, like the fourth game of the season, which is another, you know, we'll get to Cora here in a few. They give Betts the night off. So they play J.D. Martinez, who supposedly has been, like, bitching, wanting to like, play more in the field because he's always played in the field. But he can't hold a candle to Betts in right field. And if the other night, Sales winning one nothing. There's a guy on second base. A guy hits, like, a broken bat flare into right. It's a pretty average play for a guy like Betts. J.D. gets a bad jump, runs, misses it. The run scores, sets the game tied. Sale doesn't get the win. Costs Sale some pitches. So, you know, that's something that the Sox are going to have to work on is how big of a burden is J.D. Martinez if he's going to demand to play? Because one of the strengths of your team is having those three young stud outfielders that control the whole field. So I have a question. So now if you have a guy like J.D. Martinez, right, you can say, yeah, he's demanding playing time. Or do you think it's like the, the attitude there is such where he wants to play because he wants to contribute more than just just going and, and, and being a DH. Maybe it's just the attitude in there right now is we're here to win. You know what I mean? And if that's the attitude, I'll take it. If he's trying to go out there and like and, and he just sucks, well then he'll he won't want to go a, out there. That's anymore. a that's a good way to look you know at it. I mean? uh, yeah, all right. Like if if he goes out there and if he's an adult man and Mookie Betts is gonna play better than him, right? You know what I mean? Like, well, if, yeah, it's gonna it's he's gonna play better. In the it's field. a tough adjustment for a guy who's been used to playing the field to go to be a full time DH. Like David Ortiz was played first base initially, and took him years <laughs> to get into like just being a DH, and once you are a DH. You get a routine. Like, they always say Ortiz used to go in the back and, like, watch videos of at-bats. Like, I, I was just going to say that you have more so, time to focus on what you're really good at. And I think that that's such an advantage, you know what I mean, especially coming Did you into- see the other night in the game with um, J.D. Martinez? He struck out, and admittedly, it was a terrible pitch. It was like a foot outside. So they show him, before he goes out to the field to dig his position, he calls the video room on the dugout phone and ask them if it really was a strike so he knows whether he should be irate or not. They said it was a foot outside. He turns around, bitches to like three teammates, and then runs out to the field. Um, and <laughs> like that's the shit you can do these days in the uh, in, with the technology. It's crazy. But so anyway, J.D. Martinez, we said to start the year, why we're bringing him up is he's the big-time acquisition on the team. He's the guy that you know saved the offseason for people that were complaining. But we were concerned that he gets off to a good start, and he's not. He has one extra base hit. He's, you know, he hasn't been terrible, but he has he looked like a dominant, you know, big-time signing $28 million player, you know, that's debatable. So you get the talking heads now that are starting to chirp. You hear WEI, these guys. 
they're, you know, saying, you know, hey, J.D. Martinez is trash. This is a bad signing. You wonder if he's hearing that now, and this is what I'm concerned about, you know? This is, we, we definitely talked about this. We talked about how they, the Boston media is not the same as the rest of the country's media. This this media comes at you immediately. We want production right t- today, right. every time. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, there's only and, a and, few cities that and, are like that. And yeah. this city, and I mean, it, this is one of those things where it's kind of like a detriment that, that we're, you know, it, it, you know, when you're the king of the castle, you, sometimes you forget that you sometimes have to go do some shit. You know, and it, I think we're so used to being in, the, in the, the, you know, the championship of these every sport that we're looking for. Yeah. OK, great. You hit a, You hit a couple of home runs in the beginning of the season. We'll see you in October. Let's see what you do in October. Right. And he hasn't you even know? done that yet. So that's and, and, where the concern comes and, in. Exactly. So they're going to instantly pick, pull in their concerns. They're going to instantly, you know, here we go. He's he's got five hits. So he's got. Eight strikeouts. Right. Well, I mean, you know he, I mean? he strikes out, but he, he only has out. one extra base hit, which is the key to him. He's a power hitter. He's an extra He's base hit. Doubles, around. triples, homers. That's exactly. his game. He's had a monstrous slugging percentage. Now, it's a very small sample size. Anyone who's played baseball, you can't be judged off six games, Every, five yeah, games. Let's, let's just prequel this with this. We know that there's a We're just a little games. concerned. That's it. We're it, excited for give baseball. Me, next week this time, he could have been on a six-game hitting streak. This is a moot point. But just saying, as that's one of our preview topics, you know, we want to... Just check in on how JD's doing. So, a um, couple other quick so don't thoughts. Don't hold us to anything until well, we say, hold me to that. Then hold me to it. A um, couple other quick thoughts. Positive signs here. Positive stuff. One is Bogarts looks rejuvenated. He started the year hot. It's not only his stats. He looks jumpy. He has more jump in his step out there. You know, they, rumors have come out that he was one of the guys who had the major problems with Farrell last year. So, for him to have bounce in his step in... He was an average player last season. Two years ago, he was a star player. They need a if they have a star player at shortstop, that gives them an advantage that you know almost every other team doesn't have. So to have a premium player at a plus position like Bogarts potentially, if he keeps it up, that's a huge thing for the Sox. And I think the coaching change really contributed to at least that so far. So that's Absolutely. a good sign. Yeah, you see, you see the the general feeling of of the team is different, and it's not a very different team. You know, so it's it's the people that are at the top that are kind of coming down. That's you, it's the difference in regime, I guess. You, um, you know what I mean? An, another another good point, and I have on my checklist is uh, Hanley. Looks like he has some energy. He had a rejuvenated. He was down in Miami, rubbing it in and on their faces because he's you know one of the best Marlins players ever. He stole two bases already this season, which is like a revelation. Basically, Hanley's one of those guys you need to know if he's trying. Yeah, and Hanley like is trying, so like it's exciting. If he's, if, he had the walk off, walk off hit today, today, yep. right before the podcast. Two stolen bases. He has a a game winning home run, a game winning hit. And if you get him actually playing baseball, like where he's having fun and wants to play, yeah. he's ridiculous. he's infectious on your team in a positive way. He's one of those swing players so in the clubhouse. Send you either way, yes. If he's down in the dumps, bitching, hurt, Everybody's he sends you dump. down. If yep. he if he's playing with spunk, it's like the old Manny Ramirez role. It's if he's fired up and showing a little like flair, then people just fall in line and also follow that flair. You know, so I think that's huge. Um, 
Do you have any what, any any pluses on your end here? I mean, um, besides the, just the generalities of them being six and one. No, I think because I'm going to get to a couple negatives. I just wanted I mean, to I, uh, be are, positive first. Did we already talk about David Price? We already did that. Yeah, well, I've given you. We yeah, did, you're going to. I'm listen. Good. I'd like nothing more than him to win the Cy Young, and I'll carry oh, you out of the studio dude, that to day. To be honest with you, that would be yeah. amazing because he'd be competing with Chris Salford. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, but all right. So on my negative list, or at least question mark list at this point. <sighs> is Nunez has been playing okay, but he is not going to last. He's like looks like the the guy put together with straw and strings. He slid like three times, takes him five minutes to get up. Not his fault, really. He had a devastating knee injury. He's probably rushing back a little soon for it. Especially because he, Pedroia is not playing. Right, and he plays so freaking hard. He's diving head first. He's always sliding in the field, you know. So he... Looks brittle to me. Looks like he's not going to last, which will hurt them. We've talked about how how important how he is. He could be. You know, I will say Devers. Devers is really impressive to me. I, I was I was worried about Devers. I he was one of my main concerns going into the season. It's still far from a sure thing. I mean, take take this with a grain of salt. They're of six course, and one. Of course, but of course. he has made adjustments back to the adjustments. What happened last year is he came out guns blazing like most guys do. Then the league catches up to you by making adjustments watching your video. Now he's making adjustments to the adjustments, and you can see it in his at-bat. And that's he's, how you become a next-level player. Exactly. And that's how you maintain to be a star player. When you can adjust to the adjustments, then you're a good player. And I was, you know, he's a young kid. I just didn't know if he was ready to adjust with the adjustments. In the small sample size, I don't think his stats are blowing anyone off the page right now, but... Just watching games and watching at bats, he's working the count properly. He's hitting in aggressive spots when it calls for that. So I think that I like what I see out of Devers. So anyway, this was supposed to be my negative section, but again, here I am being positive. Look at Let's me. Stay positive. Um, Let's keep it this way. You know, I, like, so, I like positive podcasts. You know, it, you know, this bets, is a weed podcast. <laughs> yeah, bets looks all right. You know, so my main negative, the one that I wrote like a plus plus next to, is the bullpen has been atrocious. Bullpens, so far. yeah, the bullpen's looking you know, shaky. Um, Carson Smith, who missed most of last season and has been hurt, who was a big chip they acquired from Seattle. Just blew the game again today with a home run. He already has let a couple games in where technically it wasn't his runs, but he came in in a situation he could have put the game away, let up a hit. You know, he's been a concern. Um, you know, and our boy Joe Kelly has looked petrified on the mound again. Um, he throws he throws 99 miles an hour and somehow people tee off on him like he's throwing, you know, slow pitch softball. So I don't understand that. Um, and you know, Barnes looks like a rock. Um, but I mean, you know, these middle guys are really the concern of the team, especially if we're doing what I said and keeping sale and price fresh, you need depth in the bullpen. Yeah. And we need, we need the bullpen to really do what they need to do for the beginning of the season, for the middle of the season. Mm -hmm. That way they're ready to go come the end of the season. And that way these guys are ready to give everything at the end of the season. Cause if you have, a guy like David Price, you have a guy like uh, Chris Sale at the end of the season because Sale tapered off at the end of the last season. Right, he's done they that worked almost him, every year. They worked, him, they worked him too hard. I mean, I, I don't know why. I mean, I get I get you have to win, and I get he needs to pitch, but I don't get why you rush him knowing it's a long season. Right, well, you That mean, just doesn't make sense to right, me. Right, and you don't. And it didn't so, make sense to me last year at all. You they, know what I mean? They are going to get Tyler Thornburg back in about a month who is – on paper, their main setup guy. Ideally, he has probably the most talent. 
Um, so that should help. Hopefully, Smith turns it around. He's huge. Um, you know, and obviously the the thing that's been huge for them too is Kimbrell's been lights out. Kimbrell had a weird off season, so to see him absolutely crushing. Um, yeah, Kimbrell's awesome this year. I like his beard too. Yeah, his beard's looking fierce. I like that. He gets up there. He feels fired up. He's got his beard going. They're looking at the beard. They're like, oof. This guy's got a serious beard. I agree. Beard. He does have a guy's, serious this beard. This guy has the patience to. I don't to like cut his weird like, arm thing that he does when he puts his arm up, but I do. I like <laughs> when he throws the pitches because he throws <laughs> like the hammer and absolute gas. So, anyway. Speaking of the way people throw pitches, um, why is his name escaping me? Never mind. We'll talk about it later. Um, let's move. Can we, can we, are you good with baseball? Can we, slide, I mean, it, can we all I want to say is, I mean, what can we say? It's the Sox are six and one, one week into the season. Opening day was today. Opening day we was today. We got snow inning. coming up possibly this weekend. So that should be a yeah. real fun time at snow, Fenway. Snow game at Fenway. Yeah. So, but yeah, no good start to the year. More pros than cons. Just got to take it with a grain of salt. They're six and one Yankees are four and two this time next week. It could be the reverse. It could be. So, you know, it, they're let's, not going to keep up a for, six and one pace, an, but good positive start to the season. I'd like a nice wave of strikeouts. We need JD Martinez to uh, to get some shit going, and we'll all feel better about it. All right, so some other stuff happened today um, in the city of Boston besides opening day. Kyrie Irving not going to play basketball this season. Yeah, we are. We probably should have <laughs> led with that if that? it wasn't opening day. But I mean, we've beat the Celtics playoff talk and stuff to death on this, and. It was always assumed that Kyrie would be back at some point. You want to pull up his uh, his season stats? And um, you know, um, so Kyrie, trying my best. <laughs> Kyrie, not having him is, I think, is the dagger to their season because you can say what you want about all these other guys, but Kyrie was is that go to guy that when you uh, the shot clock's running down and you have a chance, uh, you know you're running out of time. Kyrie, you throw him the ball and get out of the way. Well, here's it, the thing: is he's 24 points a game, 10 points more than Jalen Brown, who's the second highest scorer per game on our team. So how are you going to replace 24 points a game? Where are you replacing it? Well, see, so now you're going to have Brown and Tatum are going to be basically. And, and Marcus Morris, right? Well, Al Horford gonna, has to average more points in that situation. Do you think Al Horford's the, reason, the guy? That, the reason that Al only averages you know 12 whatever points a game is because he lets the offense come to him. Most of his offense is on you know a couple designed plays, but mostly like you know garbage like um, passes against a like a, a you know a, a double team or an offside weak side rebound and putback and stuff. Horford doesn't have a ton of plays designed for him. Now with Kyrie out, they will run plays for Horford. I will. I'm willing. I'd be willing to bet. Out of all the guys' points per game averages, the guy who gets the biggest boost from him being out is Horford. He he will go from averaging like 12 to like 16 or 17. Or else, if he doesn't, then they're done totally because so, so he's my, their top player in my mind, ready to take the, the throne. Okay, so let's say let's say Al Horford does that, and let's just say I mean somebody else is going to have to do it. Al Horford's not going to drop thirty a game. Somebody else is. going to I don't have think you to, have to. You have to do it in a group. Like you're saying, replace twenty four points a game. So okay, so, so you so have to break it down. You have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Yeah, they have to up by like three points each. Um, Horford's got to up by four or five. Rogier, Rogier, three or four. It's a group effort, man. Every single guy. And then there's going to be two guys that don't even play that are going to be from zero to five. And that's going to make up for it. So there's there's two things. Ojale is going to have to get you six points now coming off the bench that he didn't, wasn't even a factor before. Or, or, 
you know man so you know this this is the thing that's crazy too is we only have two point guards like yeah, well, listed I mean, point guards left. They've been starting Smart's out. They've been starting Kadeem Allen the other day who like <laughs> uh, I know from college but like is a very obscure player, you know. He um he's <laughs> he was like what their fifth string uh, point guard, so I mean, it's been tough. I just think it, it almost buys them a little more time this year. That it was looking bleak anyway with Hayward and then the iffy question of Hayward coming back. I think that answers that question now. Hayward's done. Kyrie's done. You we'll get the young year. kids' experience. I don't want to mail in the season. I still think their first-round series is going to be phenomenal no matter who it's versus. Then if you play Toronto or Cleveland, that's going to be a fun series no matter what. That would be ideal is to, if we go out, have – them go out in a battle with either Cleveland or Toronto and let Brown and Tatum get the feel Take of that series. Right. Learn. Let and Tatum that's... try to get 32 in a game against Cleveland in the playoffs and get that confidence that you can't you can't get for free. You have to earn that, you know. Okay, I have I have a question. Would you trade Jalen Brown in the picks for Kawhi Leonard? In what picks? Both picks? I think that's the, the Sacramento pick and the Sacramento uh, pick and then the uh, No, I wouldn't. It, the, I think yeah. the, the conditional Lakers. Pick. I wouldn't, I, and I, I don't mean to be a homer. Like I'd take Kawhi Leonard over Jalen Brown. Yeah, I would take Kawhi Leonard but over Jalen Brown. I don't. Something's up with him. What the hell's he doing? Like Tony Parker came out the other day and said, "My injury is more severe than his, and I've been back for a month." Like, what is Kawhi doing? Like, and that doesn't happen in San Antonio. Yeah, no, I, I don't think he. I, I don't want him at all. I don't want him at all. Yeah. I really don't want to trade Jalen Brown. No, I th- everybody. I feel like I everybody in Boston. That one to bed. I, I feel like everybody in Boston agrees that you can't uh, trade Tatum, but nobody agrees you can't trade Brown. Hmm. Brown's scoring more points than Tatum. Yeah, but you could look at it the other way. They're that roughly the same. Brown okay, is clearly good and valued if everybody keeps mentioning him in the thing. So true. you know, if you're Brown, you can you can be insulted by it or you can take he's it as not, like a, we've I'm talked a, about that. Right? He's, he's a wanted he's guy. Been just, he's just been doing his thing. Right. But so, I'm, I'm insulted on behalf of Jalen Brown. Right. I'm, I'm a Jalen Brown fucking. I fan. could totally be wrong, and maybe maybe Tatum or Brown will jump up and average 22 points a Dude, game in the backup. How insane would that be if one of these kids actually jumped up? Started averaging I think you'll see, points a game. You'll, you'll see like scattered Rogier. games where both. I will I bet think you'll you, see Rogier. I think you'll see well, Brown. I think Rogier you'll see is a little scary to me, and because you watch last night's game with no one there, and it, Rogier thinks it's the Rogier show, and he is running around like a maniac, and he is not on the level of Kyrie Irving or those guys yet. What he is is a dynamic spark plug off the bench as a sixth, seventh, or eighth guy. He. Well, he eventually could get to be a then? starting player. Then he's starting. No, no, no. He's going to probably play starters minutes going forward, but he can't take that. He can't take the ball and run them out of a game like he did last night. They had so many turnovers in the first half. He was just like he was road runnering up and down the court, throwing the ball away and causing other guys to panic and throw the ball away. He just he made the game too fast for their own good. So in spurts and in certain games, you know, coming off the bench or you know a game where everybody's ice cold and it turns to him, he's going to score some points. But if you're relying on Rogier to carry you here, then we're, you know, we're playing for next season is what I think. So, I mean, so looking at it right now, if we took, if we had, let's just say it's Rogier, uh, Horford, let's say it's Rogier, Horford, Baines, Brown and Tatum. That's your starting five off the bench. What are you, what are you doing? Like what are you what are you doing, dude? 
I mean, you're playing a mix of Semi Ojale and uh, Abdul Nader, and well, Ma- I mean, Marcus Morris should be back. Marcus Marcus Morris definitely off the bench. Yeah, I mean, or maybe or, he or starts. Maybe he's and, starting, you know, and you yeah. bring yeah, you bring like. I mean, Greg Monroe's been pretty decent for them off the bench too. I mean, it, they still have some depth, and I still think they'll be favored in their first round series, but. They're, the odds of them going to the finals now are are, are very slim. In well, my yeah. Opinion. In order for us to go, somebody has to go the fuck off. I hope it's Jalen Brown. All right, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, I mean, you you. I'm on the. I've been on. I've been on the. I've been on the Jalen Brown fucking bandwagon since he got here. When everybody was really down on him and wanted us to take Dragon Bender, you know what I mean? Or <laughs> you know, or um, you know, last year when everybody wanted us to take Fultz and we t- we took uh, Tatum. I like that man. I like going contrarian to what everybody that's losing is doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like yeah. that. So I, I don't know. I'm interested so to see it, what happens. Quick, the bottom line, are they done? Can they make it to the finals with now without Kyrie in your opinion? Simple answer. Simple answer. Yeah. Not yeah. win the finals, make it to the finals. You still yeah. have hope. Okay. Yeah. I'm saying could. there's I no, I'm putting the death knell on the season today. Mark it down. Whatever the date is today, four, five, 18, the Celtic season ended today for going to the finals. Could still give us a round or two, you know, two or three nice weeks of fun, exciting playoff basketball, but there's no chance they can go to the finals now. It's over, in my opinion. Okay. All right. That's well, my hot take. I, so. I, all right. Fair enough. Well, I think that if we see if we see Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum or Marcus Morris just, like, go bananas, then, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen. I agree. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I think is going to happen. It's so funny. All right, let's go next. Let's let's go to this next thing. So um, John pointed out that we had uh, Conor McGregor freak out. Is there a video of this? I'll start telling the story. There may not be a video of this. There's definitely video, but let me see what I can do. All right. Well, he does that. John's gonna. So work I'll give magic. you. I'll give you the general idea of what happened. So generally, what happened allegedly is Conor McGregor was mad that they're stripping him of his titles, and he and sh- why are they stripping him of his titles? Because he hasn't defended them in like so two he's years. all right. That makes so sense. So that's why they're stripping him of his titles. We're reversing roles here. I I don't. You gotta. You're my MMA guy. All right, good. You ask the questions. Yeah. So just keep going. Um. So. He apparently showed up and smashed a bus and was, like, causing a scene and has a warrant out for his arrest. Yeah, where did he show up? What's the event? Why, why is this where, a big deal? Where is this event? Is this one in New York? There's a there's a yeah, fight this, this is, weekend for his This belt. is Barclays Center in New and, York, uh, in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. And it's it's between Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov. And Khabib is going to destroy and then if Connor wants to fight Khabib, he is going to be destroyed because Khabib so is why destroying is, everybody. So is Connor there to like around. make a statement to Khabib or whatever too, think, or is he just trying to bitch because he doesn't have his uh, titles or what? My take on it is two things. I think one, I think coming from the fight with Floyd Mayweather, he learned something about promoting a fight, and he learned that they're not promoting the fight that they're promoting right now with this fight. They're promoting the next fight with this fight. So by this happening and him showing up, everybody's going to be talking about how this fight is now associated with Conor McGregor. Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov are big in the MMA community, but 
passerby fans may or may not know who they are. Ferguson probably more. Yeah, see, I, I'm be... I'm a passerby fan. I, I'll watch a big fight, but I, I admittedly I've heard of Khabib, but I have no idea who the other guy is. So, yeah, so that's exactly. why this caught me off guard that this was news, but McGregor automatically brings uh, it into the mainstream. Exactly. He brings it into the mainstream. And what they just did was they made this fight matter because everybody's, oh, this guy's a real douchebag acting like that. Oh, or, oh, I love Connor. He's, he wants his belts. They shouldn't take it from him. He's the best. People on inter- the internet today were debating whether or not this was staged as publicity or it's a real freak out. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if this was staged, man. I've been watching boxing my whole life. I, I, I remember when the UFC became a thing. I remember when the UFC became a really big thing. And I remember when the UFC became a commercial thing. And now that it's a commercial thing and it just sold for all that money and a new group of people own it again, I feel like you're going to see them go for whatever they can to get their investment back because it's a giant business. You know what I mean? So now you got this you dude. Go. You got it right there. All right, hold on. One second. Oh, that's a nice bus too. That's like the party bus that they pick you up in in Vegas when you uh, go out on the town. <laughs> Audio podcast for watching McGregor. Uh, they can actually hear it. So apparently, that actually cut somebody, a fighter that was supposed to fight. That broken glass actually cut one of them. Well, and he may or may case, not maybe fight. It wasn't staged. Maybe, you're, maybe, it's, maybe it wasn't staged then, if it's really hurting as a fighter. Was that guy in on it? See, that's not as. I didn't, that's the first time I saw that. I, I thought he like went one by one through the windows and like smashed them out with like a hammer or something. I've never been a huge Conor McGregor guy. There's more. I like some stuff that he does, but I, I like stuff like this man. I feel like he could go a much different way and it would still sell. I mean, this is smart. This I feel like this is just good business. Watching this dude, I feel like this is all to create some sort of emotion, be it good or bad. And as long as you're talking about Conor McGregor, you're talking about the fight this weekend, and you're going to watch this fight, see who's going to fight Conor McGregor. I mean, I can speak to you as someone who is exactly who this is marketed towards. Sports junkie doesn't know anything about this fight. Probably was a 2% chance I'd watch. Now it's up to like 50 because I'm intrigued as hell to see what this Khabib guy is. Oh, we should bet. You know, so yeah, no, we'll uh, we'll check that out. Um, Let's look at it. I'm going to look it up. Where do I find uh, John? Can you find the Vegas line on? So I don't know. But um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely do some action on Khabib. So here's my uh, prediction for this weekend. Khabib wins by murder. All right, I'll second that. I don't know if you can bet on that exactly, but I, if you can, I will. Okay. <laughs> I want to so, know this is going to end in a murder. All right, well, we got to get to your uh, your your hat and your new favorite team and your fanboy. Um, well, hold on one second. Before we do that, let's see let's see what this is all about. I want to see this. What is it? I want to see what's the, um, what, the what, what do you call them, the odds? What are, what are they called? The plus minuses. What's the line? What's the line? Can you see that? Bobby? Whoa, whoa, whoa. So wait, so Khabib isn't fighting Ferguson? Is that what happened because of this? Is Tony Ferguson not fighting? 
I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah. Am I completely wrong? Are, are you wrong? the sports am podcast host? Am I completely or... wrong? Do I have no idea yeah. what's going on? Now I need to look. <laughs> Sam's like fucking shaking his head. You can't see him right now, but he is very much so. Well, I mean, I'm just saying if we're going to bring up something, like have a clue what you're saying. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, dude, I didn't know he was out of the yeah. fight. It's good analysis here. Bob wants you to bet on some guy who's not fighting some other guy. Oh, okay, okay, here we go. Here Me we and go. Bob are going to fight Khabib, after this. Khabib Nurmagomedov still wants Tony Ferguson to fight. Quote, I really want to smash his face. Like I, said, I think we could leave like it at that. Said money yeah. on Khabib. I'm a Khabib fan, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, cool. So. so moving on from that. I know you want to get to the Bruins, but I have something I want to talk about because any chance I Listen, get to talk about you're running the show. You tell it. me. I am. Ready? It's what football. do we got? Fucking football time. Let's talk some football. Oh, my God. Yeah, all right. What do you got? Give me Bob's hot Let's take talk, on football. Let's talk some football. So everybody's been talking about a few things this week. Um, Rob Gronkowski trade. This is a super like interesting thing to me. What's your take on it? And then I'll tell you mine. I, if they trade Gronk, I'm going to be irate. Gronk's right. a stud. He's a star player. The NFL trades make no sense, and it just makes me shake. What, are they going to trade him for a third-round pick and draft a left guard? I mean, it's pathetic. You don't get the proper value. Tyrod Taylor gets traded for a third-round pick. He's a crap quarterback. Um, you just compared Mike, Rob Gronkowski to Tyrod that's Taylor? What's, he's, you're going to get a third-round pick for Gronk. The NFL makes no sense. You can get True. Michael Bennett for a sixth-round pick. He's like a disruptive, dominant defensive okay, lineman. fair enough. The NFL makes no sense. If you trade Gronk and you don't get an actual stud player back or a top first-round pick, I'm out. We Gronk got the, is a we premier got the 20, player. Okay, so in other news, we got the 23rd pick this year for Brandon Cooks. How do you feel about that? I'm torn. I I don't know what they're doing because, like... Deion Lewis is gone. I will say that they make me feel better about Gronk definitely coming back next year because they're going to trade Cooks, got rid of Amendola, got rid of Deion Lewis, not got rid of, they left. And what are you down to now? Injured Malcolm Mitchell, Edelman coming back from a scary injury, and Gronk, who's no lock to stay in the field. I mean, like, what are you doing there? You've got Brady with, what, two, three years left. Why aren't you trying to win now? That's my first take on the Cooks trade. Now, if you look at it, it's it's not a finished story yet because they could take a receiver or something with the 23rd pick that they got. So, I mean, who knows, but... On paper, I initially was like, what the hell are they doing? But then you look at the facts. They got a first-round pick for a guy with one year left. Value people are saying it's good value. It's really good value. That, and know. now, do you think somebody like um, – oh, I always want to say Stephen Ridley, but not Stephen Ridley. What's his name? Calvin Ridley Calvin from Ridley Alabama. From Alabama, exactly. When um, Is that somebody that we could get that far down? There's rumors about him in like the teens to Dallas or whatever too, but um, I mean, he, he's not inconceivable. I don't see Belichick taking a guy like him. I don't think he takes a first-round receiver just because of that, but – if I wouldn't argue with you that I think he's a great player, and I, that if they took someone like him, then I would agree. Then, that then good, maybe you even move. trade Gronk or something. But you, with, they're only taking away weapons right now on offense, not adding any. It's scary to me. Why aren't you maximizing Brady's last? That's where the conspiracy theory people come in that that want to say, you know, maybe Belich, you know, Brady demanded Garoppolo to be traded. Oh, yeah. Belichick well, didn't want to. So yeah. now Belichick's saying, F you, I'm not giving you anybody. I'm just going to. So Colin Coward today said, or yesterday, I don't know when the fuck I heard it today. He said um, that 
Belichick is literally dismantling the Patriots on Tom oh, no Brady on that? purpose. I didn't hear him. On purpose. I, I kind Which, of agree. I, dude. I no fucking yeah. I was talking to my dad about that, and he would he wouldn't refuse to he would refuse to discuss the subject that Belichick would do that. But like, I don't think so, man. I don't I don't think that's even smart. I don't think Belichick. I think Belichick really cares about his legacy. Mm -hmm. I think that's the one thing that he really cares about. I mean, he's been a known football historian, so he definitely wants to cement his place. But the the problem anybody that studies history. So then, what else are you doing, though? I don't understand. Why aren't you giving him any weapons? Maybe he'll draft two somethings. But this is what people are. This is what people are saying now. They're saying that we have all these picks. Now they're saying we should because Jimmy Garoppolo is gone and Tom Brady's forty. What two? 41. 41, 40 or 41. Yeah, just turned 40 last 40. season. All right, yeah. so he's 40. We'll just keep him at 40 forever because he's probably going to look 40 forever. Right. He so, all right, so Tom Brady's looking 19. Yeah, yeah. Tom, Tom Brady's 40 forever. So everybody's saying, well, we, what we could do is we could package these picks. According to the Jimmy Johnson value of the picks, we can package these picks and get up to I'm trying point. so hard not to cut you off because this is my ready? least favorite idea ever. Ready? And and they're saying that we should go up to, we can get up to number four. We can trade it and we could get one of these guys, one of these quarterbacks, we could get Josh Allen or Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold. I think we could get a we could get a quarterback. Why the fuck would we waste all of that on possibly a quarterback Ugh. that might learn from Tom Brady? Maybe I was getting nervous that you were like excited oh. about the quarterback. That is the worst idea ever. People, the idiots, idiots that call and go, oh, um. Yeah, like, I think that they should package up and take Baker Mayfield with the ninth pick. It's like, improve the team now Dude. for Brady while he's here. What if, do you care about Baker if, Mayfield if in two Baker years? Baker Mayfield is available at 23, take Baker Mayfield. I mean, I guess. But no, definitely take Baker Mayfield. That guy is going to be a good quarterback. Okay, sure. But, like, I'm not trading up and taking a not sure no, thing no, for no. what to, like, I, be behind Brady. Is there for any scenario where you would trade up? I wouldn't. I'm wondering if Belichick is going to do it now because he's playing the long game to fuck Brady. Here's my thought. Ready? This would be like if he is trying to fuck Brady and he is going to do all that, this is who he's going to take. He's going to trade up and he's going to take fucking Saquon Barkley. That that doesn't fuck Brady. That makes the Pats offense ridiculous next year. But it makes it a less pass-heavy offense. That means that you can actually transition. Hold on. Ready? 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 Watch. Hold on. Just follow me. Follow me for one minute. That means you could literally transition to whatever quarterback you have coming in next. The guy you take, you know, in later rounds. The guy that you think can learn. The guy that you think you can teach, right? You take that guy. If Tom Brady retires, if Tom Brady gets hurt, something happens, you literally can fall back on, like, the future of the NFL, which is guys like Todd Gurley, guys like Ezekiel Elliott, who are just fucking super explosive out of the backfield, and you just can't stop it. And Saquon Barkley will bring that to whatever team he goes to. So if they're going to package all those picks together and do anything with it, that would be the one thing that I would be like, no shit. That's that's how you do it. All right. Two, that's that's two, changing with the league. Two things on what you just said. One is I would love it. I agree with you if they traded up to get Saquon Barkley. I don't think there's a chance in fucking hell that happens. But I think your heart your heart's in the right place and your facts are a little bit in the wrong place there. You're saying that it takes away from being a passing offense. No, more than not, half okay, of takes away was a wrong, wrong more than wrong, half of wrong. Barkley's value in the NFL is going to be as a receiver. He's more of a, a smaller where? receiving where he, back. But where is he going to run his routes? 
in the flats uh, and in the middle uh, and stuff. Exactly. Right, so but he, so you can he's going to help Brady passing, not well, hurt him. Okay, he will help Brady passing, which helps Bill Belichick until Tom Brady retires. And now you have Saquon Barkley back there so you can take somebody and put them in and say, listen, nobody's replacing fucking Tom Brady. Looking for the next Tom Brady is the dumbest way to run a football team. But if you have somebody that you can fall back on that isn't Tom Brady, that A, alleviates all the pressure that... Um, that Tom Brady's like, oh, they're trying to replace me. They're trying to replace me. No, we're not. This guy's not a fucking quarterback. Well, we're not trying to replace you. It, I don't know, man. There's been a lot of years. If of they the, do it, I'm a genius. I, I, listen, I'll, I'll be happy as hell if they get Saquon Barkley. But how many years are we going to get tricked by the same shit? Every year, us Pats fans sit at, look at the draft and where we get someone excited for some fancy schmancy toy guy that we can get. Yeah, no, we're going to take a safety. Then they, they're like going to take a center tackle. and a left tackle yep. and they're going to trade down right eight tackle. picks and then they're going to take a, a, a cornerback from Rutgers yep. and then some defensive end from Central Arkansas and this is all going to be a waste of our breath right now because if once you think you know Bill is when Bill's like, yeah, mm-hmm. That's so, why, that's why just, be, just one more time, just to throw it out there. Yep. The fact that you just said, when you think you know Bill, you don't know Bill, Saquon cool. Barkley. I'm, I, listen, I'm sold. I'm in. I don't amazing. think it'll happen, but I, w- I hope it does. That would be amazing. So um, I feel like that would be the Can I backtrack thing. for one second? I, I just, we already did Celtics, but there's one thing that made my blood boil, and it doesn't quite get to the level of rolling him up in a rug and throwing him in a river. So I don't want to go there, but I have to say that I sometimes at work, we can, we can put on sports radio and I've heard since Kyrie got hurt today on the radio, um, a couple people call into the stations on both channels and say that Danny Ainge's trade for Kyrie is dog shit. And he's the worst GM in the league and they shouldn't have traded Isaiah like they did now and stuff. And I honestly, I mean like, What's your take on that? Because I just want to see, like, if you're on Banana no, Land or no, not. Man, uh, no, no. I, I, I mean, is that the worst take you've ever heard in your life? It, I mean, it's pretty bad. Revisionist history. You traded damaged goods for Kyrie, who's having, like, a thing by all accounts that he's going to recover from. advocate, damaged goods. He's not playing. Right, but he made it most of the year. This is, you could say, is a new injury. It's a result It's a result of an old injury, but it happened because of, like, a twist or a twinge in because a game was, this year. Yeah, Isaiah started the year's damaged goods, played for a while, pissed everybody off, now is out again and having more surgery. So how can people look at that and not say that's a good trade? It elevated the Celtics to TNT games and big-time Golden State games and Houston games and Saturday night. It, Kyrie has elevated the Celtics into from a, from a cute little team that everyone thought was the engine that could go to an elite squad. That trade is more than worth it. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, Ky- no Kyrie. Yeah, I just no, want to say fuck people that Kyrie call like and say that. like a top five that. player. Right. Right, exactly. I mean, at, at his best, he's so that's they still win the trade. I don't want to hear revisionist history about you know now that Kyrie's hurt. You, I really want, I really wanted to see him in the playoffs. Me especially too, especially with no Gordon Hayward. I just wanted to see him do it by himself. Me too. I think he did too. I think that he's not too happy with this. So, I don't know. I sorry, I had to backtrack because I forgot to mention that's that fine, about how man. stupid they are. So that's cool. Now just we're don't just. Do you remember when I said we, we've got to do? Barkley? We've got to do. Yeah, <laughs> our NFL talk can be surmised in two words: Saquon Barkley. But dude, we're gonna I, talk. Listen, we're not gonna talk NFL talk all the time. But when we have a reason to, we're definitely talking NFL talk. It's it's the number one sport in America. So <sighs> all right. So I just need to check in on uh, America's favorite segment. Um, let, let's learn hockey with Bob and the Tony. Uh, the um, sorry, the Ryan Donato fan club um, 
you know, established well, we, 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 in we, April we, of 2018. We came into the NHL together. Right. Me and Ryan Donato. So he what's, started playing. I started watching. How was this past week? Are you, are you still on board? What have you, you know, I'm, Ryan? I'm, I'm definitely still on board, man. I, I think that I'm, I'm ready for hockey playoffs for the first time in a long time. It's awesome. I it's, know it is. Yeah. I watched some last year, and I was like, "Wow, this is awesome!" I forgot how fun it's always great. Are. It is. I'm the, very excited. They've had a couple battles with Tampa Bay in the last week too, and those if we're we are so blessed to have them play in the West Eastern Conference Finals. Whew, that's going to be a heck of a series. That is really that's be two awesome. teams with balls with star players and, and with good and goalies. Playing hard too when they play oh, each other. Vicious. They're playing yeah. really hard. Yeah, so, towing um, the line. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really good couple good fights too but donato has maintained stud level status filthy disgusting backhand um the other day just just playing at an elite level always a threat to score you're very warranted in your uh your love of him i believe i just wanted to see if the the candle was still burning oh of course it is dude i i feel like it was funny because like i start i told you i was like i'm gonna start watching more games and i've really made it a point to watch more games and uh oh here i'm just sitting on the board um but I made it a point to watch more games, and every time I start, I see this kid like he just—he's making things happen naturally. He's not forcing it. He's only and, made like one or two mistakes in all the games. Like, well, he's gonna make yeah. mistakes. And of like, course, his mistakes but don't only even like one or two, and now it's been you know fifteen games. So he—he he gives them an extra threat. Like he gets the puck in with any space, and it's like whoa, watch him go. Oh, and yeah. that's a huge and thing and to awesome. add free, you know? Right, just at the end of the season, like oh yeah, by the way, we have this kid we're gonna bring with us he's gonna miss practice to go to class savage right but but um, dude yeah no i'm, I'm loving it the dude. bad I'm, news I'm this week it. bad news this week is brandon carlo nasty ankle injury in the corner couldn't really tell what exactly happened at the time but it sounds like he had a fractured ankle so his leg did bend the wrong way it was a sadly a little gordon hayward-esque didn't Gross. didn't completely break and you can't tell with all the hockey equipment on but Sorry. it was a twist and he's out now for everything like four to five month recovery time so quick, that's a quick, tough loss for the Bruins can we quick sidebar real quick on the injury um do you have that that golfer what's his name Tony Finau <clears throat> so let me give you the backstory on that Yesterday at the awesome par three challenge for the oh, Masters man, look, look at that yeah. picture dude that's at, ridiculous at, at the oh, at, at the par three tournament yesterday for the Masters, which was phenomenal, if you didn't see it, uh, Tony Finau, you know the young American golfer, first time at the Masters, um, got a hole in one during the par three tournament, and after the ball rolled in, he ran up towards the green, and he's a big athletic guy, he's like six five, he's running, and he, I don't know, I think he just stepped weird. And his he, ankle, no, he, was, he was running. You can forward, see like, if you're watching the podcast on video, he was his, silly running. He, his leg was facing the wrong way for a second. So he lays down on the ground really quick, grabs his ankle and pushes it back in. It was dislocated. He pushes it back in. I can't even watch it again. And he got up and walked it off and played the rest of that. Had an MRI, was cleared to play today, and that guy is fucking winning. Or he's first. When we went on the air, he was tied for the lead at the Masters, the hardest golf tournament in the world. After doing that and fixing his own ankle, so that guy, we need to make like the Savage so of the Week you, award or something. Did you? Uh, oh, we should do that. Yeah, that guy's a beast. Can we? Are there enough savages where we can find one per week? <laughs> you know, maybe we'll just do a special when it's warranted the, segment the of first, pure savagery. The first ever weekly savage of the week goes to Tony Fino. He is a boss, and um, I got to be honest with you. I'm always looking for an edge with my uh, action and my units. Um, 
And I will say that as soon as I saw that injury, I flocked on and I bet on every guy's matchup against Tony Finau. When you bet on golf, they'll have who can win the tournament, but they have guys paired up in the same groups. And you can bet, like, will Tony Finau beat this guy named Rafa Cabrera Bello? So I went in. Wait, so you can bet on the matchups? Versus each other, like, for the tournament. Like, yeah. Here we go. Watch out. Watch out. Oh, sniper. And then he just walks on it. He's just clicks it back oh, in. He's like, pops it back yeah, in. I mean, what a, st- I would be still on the ground from that right now. I'm sorry. It still looks somewhat. Yeah, he's fine. He like birdied the next hole and then today just crushed. <laughs> so I guess I'm guessing, I'm hoping actually, since I'm trying to tell you that I bet on everyone against him that was available. I just went on and was like, boop, 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 boop. I'm always looking for that edge. I figured if in those matchups, if he tees off on the first hole and quits, you get paid for the bet. So I felt like he's going to try because it's his first Masters, get out there. It's a long, hilly course, tough walk, just walking, let alone if you just shattered your ankle the day before. I thought he would get out there, maybe play six holes and be like, you know what, I gave it a bit, I'm out, and then I win all those bets for free. Instead, he's winning the tournament, crushing all my guys, and I just (laughs) incinerated money. So Tony Fina, while you're a savage, you basically broke in my house and stole my money. So. He's he's both the savage and uh, my conspiracy theory. Did he break theory, in your house Louis. and did he break in your house and take your money, or did you run up to the golf course and throw, throw it, it at him? him. <laughs> I I'm always looking for proper value. I don't know what you're talking about. So. <laughs> proper value. But yeah, no, that was beast. So, but um, yeah, so have back we, to hockey. Yeah, <laughs> Tony Finau is the honorary hockey player of the week. So we, we just honorary wanted to make him up. Player? But like yeah, so um, I don't know. The Bruins are exciting. They're they're, they had a t- that four nothing game against Tampa that they lost the other night was a was a tough game. They still have one more game than Tampa. They're tied with Tampa in the standings, but they have this thing called um, wins in regulation that count more than winning in overtime or a shootout. Yep. Or actually, it's regulation and overtime wins. It's R O W. So if you win the game not in a shootout, they have a column for that, and that becomes the tiebreaker if two teams tie. So right now, Tampa and Boston are tied, but Tampa has Rins and uh, ROW on them. So they have to actually beat Tampa by one point. So right now, they're tied. Tampa has, I think, two games left, and Bruins have three. And actually, the Bruins have a third game extra because of the shooting down in Florida. They canceled the Panthers game. Yep. And it's being made up the last day of the season after everyone else is done. The Bruins play the Panthers in a game that the Panthers might need to get in the bottom of the playoffs and the Bruins might need to win the division. The Bruins might have a national one-day game to win it, to, to take the division and That's take the one awesome. seat. So that would be cool. That should happen this weekend. So exciting stuff. Next week will be just when the matchups are out for hockey. Um, so the Bruins, it'll look, it looks to me like the Bruins are going to play, the, if they lose to the Lightning, they play um, Toronto in the 2-3 division matchup. And that's going to be a war. If they win the one seed, it's still up in the air, but it could even be Florida again. They could conceivably play Florida tonight, Florida the last day of the year, which I think is Saturday or Sunday. Then on Tuesday or Wednesday, play Florida again right away. So that could be – we could have a little rivalry with Florida going too with all that, all those games within a one-week span. So anything could happen. It's exciting as hell. It's better to be up fighting at the top than scrambling in the bottom of the playoffs for sure. Always. And, um, you know, I just think that Bergeron's back. He looks good. Marshan keeps doing really questionable shit. It's getting tough to defend him. But he is a lights-out top player. So, it's, you know, 
Yeah, I mean, but he, uh, you know, that thing he did the other night was ridiculous again too. But um, anyway, so I, I think good things for the Bruins. I'm ready for the playoffs. I'm ready for the playoffs too. I'm, I was I was all fired up for Celtics playoffs. I feel like I'm more fired up for it now because I want to see what they can do. Isn't it kind of like when like someone's injured on the Pats and it like kind of feels like it's even now? Yeah. Like you know, like when Castle was in, like that might have been the hardest I root, rooted for the Pats because like wasn't automatic that like we'd play Cincinnati, <laughs> we'd play Cincinnati <laughs> on a Sunday at one o'clock, and like if Brady's playing, it's just like, ugh, like what other games going to be on when this is like twenty eight to three in the first quarter? <laughs> that season was fun because every game was a coin toss. Like the Jets game wasn't a lock. Like that they had the memorable Jets game where he threw the pass to Moss to win the game. That's when I'm more excited as a fan. I was more into the Sox this year as they're becoming more back to being the underdog, underdog. story. Yep. And that's the Celtics now. I won't the first round series with Kyrie and everyone healthy might have been, you know, a cakewalk. Kind of one of those ones where I'm half paying attention. Now it's going to be like, let's see if this ragtag bunch of guys can win a series and I'm going to be all in and more excited. You know, as yeah. weird as I'm, that thinking is, I that's just that's where my mind is. I feel the same way with the Bruins too because I feel like the Bruins they they had lower expectations than this in the beginning of the season. You know what I mean? I feel like this was a transition oh my year. It was, if, was, are they going to make the playoffs? Are they going to make the playoffs? You know, what's going to happen with Cassidy? Is he going to come in and change everything? Is he going to come in and just kind of do more of the same? Where are we going? You know, are these young guys going to work out? Are these old guys too old? Are we going to sign Pasternak? And now here we go. We're fucking red hot coming into the playoffs. Yep. And it's a good thing. And I watch it now. So who, we've who got a good month it? coming up. That these are the days where it's awesome having multiple TVs and watching sports because a couple times in the past week we've had Bruins, Celtics, and Sox at the same time. Yep. Which it's one of the best times of year. It's starting to get bearable outside. You got all that action. You know, it's it's good stuff. It, yeah. In it, the next month we are blessed uh, to have two teams in big playoff series and the Sox. You know, looking pretty strong to looking start the year. Good, and then it's going to be nothing but baseball all summer. So we'll be getting as deep and in depth. They in do a good job. Possible. There'll be some fights and some some stuff coming up. Some asshole will do something crazy. Yeah, there'll be, there'll be some well, savages oh, the of the week. Canelo fights off. Yeah, I know that's crazy. That sucks. Canelo didn't pass his drug test. Yep. Like, so. This is again. Yeah, I mean, he should have tried something. He needed it. He wasn't going to beat him straight up. I mean, maybe they shouldn't do the drug tests in Mexico. Yeah, seriously. Maybe they should do them somewhere where drugs aren't, like, legal. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Oh, no, I know. Wait, whoa, where am I going? I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm about whoa. to roll you up in a rug. Right? All right, well, fuck everything else we were about to do. Um, roll him up in a rug. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Well, first of all, I've I've got a, a fan of the program has demanded a name change from roll him up in a rug to throw him in a river to feed him feet first through a wood chipper. Now I know that's a pretty strong saying. It's I used to use that as like a over exaggerated reference to something that I really, you know, I'd be like so excited about something like I'd feed you feet first through a wood chipper to get that. So. In my mind, they're both forms of murder. We're joking around as a disclaimer, obviously, but um, no, we don't condone murder. We're we're gonna stick with roll them up in a rug and throw them in a river. Um, so anyway, am I going first here? You, um, I'll go if you want to go. I'll go. No, I'm ready to go. Um, so my everyone knows the story with the Yankees this year. They're the big. They got you know the two Bash brothers. You know Judge and Stanton. Now they paid all that money for Stanton. Everyone thinks they're back. You know, they're big Yankees favorites going into the year. They've taken over the evil empire role again. It's all that. So 
Stanton started off the year. The first game hit like two home runs, had three home runs the first week. Comes, They come home to Yankee Stadium, and I think it was his second game at Yankee Stadium. He struck out five times in the game, and Yankee fans booed him, which, I mean, is just so ridiculous in so many ways. So this week, I'm okay. taking a huge rug and... You know, there's a couple special Yankee fans that I personally know that I'd, I'd like to throw in there. But Yankee fans in general, everybody at that stadium getting a huge rug and go in the river because that is bullshit. This is your main guy who started off hot. It's his. It's one of his first games at Yankee Stadium. He's a slugger who's out there to try to slug home runs for you. He's, he's going to strike out. He's, he's out there swinging. He struck out almost as much as anyone in the league the last five years. And you're, his second game, you're booing like not just a little like murmur of booze like a full boo and Stanton who I don't want to like Stanton or any of this like you know um but he said all the right things after and he came back and he homered in his first at bat after that like and it's just like f you Yankees fans you don't deserve it get in the rug and go drown in the river there's my hate for the week I think Yankees fans fuck Yankees fans deserve the strikeouts and the booze I hope they get more of both. <laughs> Seriously, he should boo the Yankees fans. You said Bash Brothers. Smoke pieces of shit. Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire on steroids. Love like, it. Just like crushing home runs, smashing biceps. Oh. Dude, that was, and that was also when Puffy was spending three million dollars on a video. So I mean, indeed, was it the best time to be alive, John? The best time to be that alive. That was a, it was a ruckus time. The nineties. Um, mine is. Are you ready for mine? Instant replay. So, the <laughs> I like so, it. You like to go generalities, but I like I, it. Where I, are we yeah, going, I Bob? Go wherever I want. So this is this is what happened. Watch it. <laughs> go wherever I want. Ready? Boom! Instant replay. Watching the game today. It was uh, the Red Sox game. They had an instant replay to see if uh, Jackie Bradley was safe. And at what pace? I didn't at see first it. First base. Okay. It was it was a game winning hit. Okay. Um. Instead game time. Oh, it, he would have won. They would have won game, the game if, yeah, he, got won the game if okay. he got to first base. I missed that. Um, so they called him out at first, and it looked like he could have been out, but it also looked like he could have been safe. And uh, the <clears throat> announcer was like, "Yeah, well, the ball has to be secured in the glove." And I had like Vietnam flashbacks to, I don't know, is it a catch? I don't know, is it a catch? And if they fucking do this to baseball now. If we're going to start arguing about what's a catch in baseball, all bets are off. Baseball is going to suck. They're going to ruin everything. Instant replay is ruining everything. I think every coach should get one chance to be like, hey, you fucked up that game. And that is it. And they can be able to do it on whatever they want. One one time. time. And that is it. I don't give a shit if it's the last play of the game. I don't give a shit what it is. I don't care if it makes the Patriots lose that game to the Jets this year. I don't care if it makes the Patriots lose to the Steelers this year. I don't care. I I can't do referee error is part of the game. It's part of how it goes. Humans doing human shit. If you're going to have instant replay of everything, I'm going to lose my fucking mind with all the commercials. It's it's all it's about is commercials and it drives me insane and I hate it so much. I want to punch my TV, but I'm not like a ridiculous person. So I don't punch my TV, but it makes me feel like, I'm being played, and I hate it so much. I hate fucking Instant Replay. Roll up the inventor of Instant Replay in sports and throw him in the fucking river. Well put. 
We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you.